podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Charlie Parsons for Boxing Social in association with Forged Irish Stout and Empire Fight Store. Well, go on, Sean. All right, Sean. Top there, Sean. How are we, geese? Just be yourself. Why? I am being myself. Energetic ball of fun. No. It's all like a performance. Yeah? Just be yourself. It's myself. Well, go on, Yesterday, Sean. Yesterday, in the Leffy Centre, shopping centre, which was packed, a lady came over to me. She was a little bit older than myself. And she said, I've been told I've got to say something to you. And I said, right, what? And she said, Wagwan Generali. I reckon she was in her late 60s. Do you know what they call that? And this will be something that will be read in the history books forever. They call that the Parsons effect. Oh, you tosser. What? Stop referring to yourself in third person. I love how much you bite. No, but... They call that the Parsons effect. They do. Your arrogance is on another level. That was the like, top comment with 1,300 likes. The Parsons effect. Honestly. You're a little bit impressed. I'm not, but I just... I, want, I have to come to your hometown. Because I, you posted the other day of you running through the streets. It's like the hills have eyes. Oh, it's beautiful. You know I mean? It's beautiful. It's like, it's like a cross between like Coronation Street and the Lake District. It's you know a mean? great mix. Yeah, but like you bowl around like yeah, Wagwan Generale, yeah, Charba, yeah. Um, like you're playing nines while you're running. <laughs> How do you know nines? Hold up. How do you know nines? How do I know nines. You chat, mate. What do you think I am? No way the general listens to nines. Of course. Listen, you're playing nines and you're running through the Cotswolds. Like. <laughs> Make a great argument. I'll be honest with you, I can't take you seriously. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you know. Have you ever you taken me seriously? Really? No. And that's the fun really of it. I don't think you know what you are. Do you know what I mean? I mean, are you like a plastic gangster, or are of course you not. just a hillbilly? You're like, yeah, you're, well, you're from the Cotswolds. I don't like. A general enjoying himself. Less. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go into it. We're here, the press conference. Chantel Cameron versus Katie Taylor. Um, just before we start, I'm red. You're blushing, and I'm not blushing because I'm so embarrassed for you because you said I'm just a general enjoying myself. I'm, a, I'm embarrassed for you. Go on, carry on. Excited at the views already. At uh, the press conference today, what did you make of it? Obviously, both of them neither really enjoyed doing media. I tell you what, I was with Matt yesterday when Chantel Cameron was doing her aerial Hawani round. I feel like she's relishing it a lot more this week yeah, and enjoying think, it. You know, like, like I think Jamie made a great point about the unknown. You know, last time it was all a new experience. It was fighting in Ireland. You know, the fans. What was it going to be like? How people were going to react to her? How difficult the challenge was going to be? She's been through all of that now. But I saw her this morning. Um, I saw her last night, so chilled, so relaxed, and, you know, she feels like, honestly think she feels like she's going to win this fight easy, but she, she really does, and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, because the confidence levels of Chantel Cameron are through the roof, and in the opposite corner, you have a fighter that is absolutely driven and obsessed for revenge, and I tell you, Katie Taylor will be so many levels better than she was last time. 
But I do think Chantel Cameron's going to be better as well. And as I said before, last time was a really good fight. This time will be an absolute war. Eddie, what does a loss for Katie do here? She's still undisputed at 135, but two back-to-back losses never great. We know that there's some still big fights out there, but whether she'd be the favourite going into them, what people would think of I mean, how do you see it all? I feel like we're very harsh in, in boxing particularly and in sport where you know, if you suffer defeat to a pound-for-pound, pound, arguably number one, at a weight division above your natural division, that you should just like pack up shop and call it a day. But she is you know, in her late 30s. She has had a long career. But I just feel like physically we need to see where she's at in this fight. She wasn't at her best last time for various different reasons, but we also don't want to take away from a brilliant Chantel Cam- Cameron performance. Interestingly, Chantel Cameron said she had a torn was it tricep or bicep in the last fight. So you know, that's interesting in itself. So like I expect, I expect a, a better performance from both. And um, I think Katie Taylor, win, lose or draw, there's, there's other big fights for her, but she needs to win on Saturday. Very interesting news this morning that Ozoko failed a drugs test in that fight with Conor Ben. He's been given a ban. Uh, your thoughts on it all? To be honest, that, that ban situation is the first we've actually heard about it from the Florida uh, Commission. It was a commission drug test. It wasn't one of our drug tests that we additionally employed. Um, so we've reached out to Florida just to get a clarification of that ban. Um, you can't really make it up, in all honesty. Um, but it is what it is. And, you know, part of me wants to say it's no, it's never great, but it, at least we are finding out if people have illegal substances in their body. I'd rather nobody tested positive, but we are where we are. Um, Frotch Groves, 10 years on from that first fight. Yeah. Uh, we've seen so much on social media, I believe. George Groves, there's a video of him reacting to it for the first time. I mean, we talk about big British boxing moments. I was still obviously a young pup, but monumental. Yeah, we sat down with Matrim, you know, have a check out of Matrim Boxing YouTube. Um, it was, I can't believe it's 10 years ago. I mean, I feel like things were so different then. Like, just in the whole boxing world, things were so different, you know. And I just remember George Groves always had, always had quite a big team around him. And when he split from Adam Booth, he came up to that first press conference not on his own, but like with two or three people on a train. And he came into the presser and I was like, where's the entourage? You know, where's Adam Booth? Where's the Haymaker team? And he just came in with a massive chip on his shoulder and a, a bee in his bonnet and stuck it right on Carl Froch. And Carl, it wasn't that Carl was afraid of fighting him, but he just, Carl always felt like this guy's beating nobody. Like he shouldn't be getting in the ring with me. I've boxed Jermaine Taylor, I've boxed Pascal, I've boxed Ward, I've boxed Kessler. You can't be getting the opportunity against me. But he was the mandatory challenger. But Carl never really... He just thought he was going to walk through him. And it was the first fight I said in the interview that... It's the first fight where I saw... Carl Froch backstage not hyperventilating, walking to the ring. Like, Carl Froch, when he boxed Butte, when he boxed Kessler, was literally like... <sighs> walking to the ring. And I always remember when he came out of the dressing room and we walked behind the curtain to the, the main walkout area I said to him you ready and he went oh it's a bit cold in here isn't it and I was like and it was cold because he got chinned in the first round but it's the fitness and toughness of Carl Froch that got him through the fight I feel like he was going to go on and stop George Groves in that fight he did Howard jumped in I think a little bit too early where I was sitting when, when he was slumped across the ropes I actually thought the stoppage was okay 
But when I watched him back, probably given the fight, given the, the size of the fight, probably should have, uh, you know, probably should have let it continue. But I do feel like it was only going one way. Edward, what's the main event situation for December the 23rd? We were under the impression, origin, uh, impression originally that it was going to be Anthony Joshua versus Otto Wallin. Now they're saying maybe Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder said about flipping a coin. Where are we at? We know where we're at. and I'm, I'm guess there'll be an announcement on the full card line-up soon. Does that mean Anthony Joshua's the main event? We'll let, we'll let there be an announcement. Obviously, we've signed a, a contract. Um, and, yes... You'll see a full card. I'll, I'll let Saudis and, and everybody announce the running order, but we know where we'll be. You look rather smug and happy, sir, about that. Or something good coming? No, no, nothing, nothing coming. We know what to expect. Everybody knows what to expect, and not looking to fall out with anyone. But obviously, um, it's, a, it's a, just a tremendous card, and I don't know how the fights are all going to go across the card. So I'll, I'll, let, I'll wait for them to, to confirm. Barry McGuigan has said that there's no point and uh, AJ Wallin is a pointless waste of time. It's a really good fight. You know, I mean, um, I think if you're going to be critical of AJ against Wallin, you could be critical of a, a lot of fights. But it's a very, very tough heavyweight matchup between a guy that's just gone to Russia and beaten Gassiev and a guy that's looking to make a statement and try and land a massive fight with Deontay Wilder. So I, I get that. You know, some people would have liked to have seen that fight now, but we had six weeks' notice. We got offered the Otto Wilding fight. We know what everyone's where we're all going, but we have to win December 23rd. Tony Bellew is yeah. going in the just jungle. Your thoughts are? Just wants a quiet life. Just wants to get home to his uh, kids, and you know. Um, Will you be watching? Yeah, of course. But you know, I mean, Bellew is one of the the nicest, one of the best blokes, one of the most loyal people you could ever meet. I think he'll come across really well. I think he'll do really well on that uh, show you know and I think that it's uh, you'll see the best of him be interested to see how it's edited and Farage yeah I know I know but, but I, I said in an interview earlier like genuinely if you wanted help or you wanted someone to have your back probably my first call would be Tony Bellew so he's a he's a top bloke and uh, looking forward to seeing him in the jungle can't quite believe it some reports circulating that Canelo is negotiating with Munguia. Now, we were under the impression that that would maybe be a fight for John Ryder announced in January. Where are you at? Yeah, we're, we've been negotiating with uh, Munguia. I think any Canelo fight wouldn't happen till Cinco de Mayo or around that time anyway. So Munguia, I guess, is planning another fight in January. Um, you know, Myself and particularly Frank has been dealing with that. We're happy with the terms that's been offered. Hopefully that fight will get announced soon. Eddie, we saw yesterday... Um, the interview with yourself and Josh Warrington about potentially that being the rematch being next. Where does that leave Joe Caldina? We know that Mick Conlon's fighting next weekend. That was a, a fight that Frank actually spoke to me about. What is next for Joe Caldina? Just wants the biggest fights. I mean, he's made it clear to us. He's made it clear on social media. Just wants as much money as possible for the biggest fight. So it's our job to try and make that fight. I do like the Mick Conlon fight with Joe Caldina. Um, Joe would like to unify, but also, as I said, just wants to look at the numbers and... and make the biggest fight he can so we'll see what happens next week between Mick Conlon and Jordan Gill Benavidez Andrade this weekend your thoughts? Good fight you know I just feel that Andrade's just kind of missed the boat a little bit you know with his career and it's been difficult for him I, I struggled to find him the mega fights because no one really wanted to fight him I think he'll be very tricky for Benavidez in the opening half of the fight and then I think Benavidez will go on and stop him 
Sonny Edwards has spoke about wanting to fight Chuck Latito in the UK. Any plan for that after, obviously, if yeah, he gets through Bam? He's got to beat Bam. I mean, it's such a massive task ahead of him on December 16th. But, you know, if, if Sonny Edwards wins that fight on foreign soil, becomes a, a massive star and, you know, could all of a sudden look at bringing some big names to the UK. Um, obviously, Daniel Dubois fights Jarrell Miller. Jarrell very vocal at the press conference. Where does Daniel go uh, after a fight like that? I mean, sort of expected to win if he loses. But it's a very tough fight. I mean, if Jarrell Miller's got a good chin, it's a very tough fight for Daniel Dubois because I feel like Jarrell puts a lot of pressure on. You know, he's got a good engine. I think he'll try and wear Dubois down, but he's got going to have to come through some heavy artillery on the way. I think if Daniel Dubois loses, I think his career might be over. I mean, I would have liked to see him brought back with a couple of wins because I think he's a really good fighter. And I think, you know, against Usyk, you know, he... He did well in that fight. He didn't win many rounds, but you know the, the low blow controversy, etc. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. But it's a very tough fight for Dubois, and I think if he loses, he's not in a great position at all. Edward, finally from me, Mauricio Suleiman uh, came out and said the Ring Magazine belt is biased, deserves no recognition, and threatens the credibility of the sport. What are your thoughts on those comments? Um, I like the Ring Magazine belt. You know, I, I feel like I mean, look, there are no sanction fees. Which is always the fighters like that, um, but it is it is recognised by the fighters, in my opinion, as the belt to win because there is no bias, there is no promoters pushing individual like you know your relationship with a governing body like if you're if you're fighting for interim championships and you're defending them three or four times or international or intercontinental titles you're going to naturally move up the governing body and i don't think that's their fault that's just the way it works at the same time you can't do that with a ring magazine so you can't go from 10 to 2 without beating credible opponents from that ring magazine rankings so most people feel like a ring champion is actually the best of the division. So I do like the ring magazine belt. General Hearn, final message to the people? Wagwan Generale, get ready for a massive night in Dublin. Go on Shun, Chava, whatever, anything to help your TikTok. Catch you later. Cheers, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network.